Guru, turn this shit up. I know a million people already did this. Let's make it a billion. A billion, a billionaire. Call me Philly Collins. I feel a billion is in the air. I affiliate with Billy Kate. That's my pair. And John Millionaire is my consigliere. When I wear billionaire, boys club is more than care. I don't wear it cause for real. I wear it cause I'm for real. I see bad people. I see Benjamins and a billion other big head people. I'm a natural born hustler, monthly project motherfucker. Turn professional journalist reporting live from the gutter. Girl, carry box cutters, brother, shoot up with undercover screaming, fuck the world, why? Cause don't nobody love a Sean Carter, Sean Bell, what's the difference? Do tell, 50 shots or 50 mil, ain't no difference, go to hell. So, rock, rock, shot, go, rock, Obama, change on karma, I'm about a whole hood, llamas on me, rock nation on me, million strong in the mantra, gon' be, whatever's gon' be, on three, Sean, in the Humvee, y'all can call it cold ball, I'm declaring, I'm free. Bumpin' pop in the outdoors I'm flyer than all outdoors I ball out pause I buy champion companies I'm past buying out bars But I do that I'm so past G5s and G4s But I flew back Back and forth like a Leo uh. Takes a nation and millions To hold us back But when your boy reach a billion It's a rap Yeah, rock nation It takes a nation to stop I'm signing off It's the hood for rock Rock <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm ill. One, two, one, two. Mark Wilborn face. Jason Mitchell face. What's happening? What's up? Turn me up, turn me up. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I had that song played because I didn't want you to DJ clue it and talk over it and be disrespectful. Nah, you can pick Ride in Peace. I wanted to do that so that you would be disrespectful. And I'm going to ignore your dick riding comments. You have it. You have it. it. I'm going to ignore your dick riding comments and salute black excellence. Yeah. Oh, Billy, oh, Billy, oh, Billy, oh, Billy, oh, Billy. Clap it up. Clap form. Clap form. Hey, clap form. That's what you should have mixed it with. Can I can I be honest with you? I thought that it was a billionaire a long time ago. So that that announcement didn't really like surprise me. Like, oh snap, Jay Z billionaire again. Thought the nigga was a billionaire already. Damn well, Jay Z wasn't no billionaire. I'm just saying, thought the nigga had it already. I I'm think uh, one percentage in the in the Nets ownership. No, he owned the team. That's that's more than a lot of people can say. They own the team. He didn't own the team. He had ownership. Same thing. I don't care if I'm a narrative. So go ahead. Owner. Dick riding piece. Go. You have a soliloquy. Oh. You got a soliloquy for him? You got a dear Jay? Shout out to the big homie. Mr. Title himself. Mr. Reasonable Doubt. I can go on forever. You know, you know. I can't yeah, repeat. Oh, you have the floor. I, I give you two minutes. Nah, I don't need two minutes. I'm good. Um, nah, in all seriousness, I did think he was a billionaire before. Not saying, like, long ago, but I thought it was fairly recent that he was a billionaire. I think it's strange that, like, it's got to be uneasy for him now that Forbes reported it in, like, 
it's well it's a well known thing. I'm sure that's got to be uncomfortable. I don't know if I was a billionaire. If I won Forbes report that I was a billionaire. I mean, I see both sides of it, but I'd be like, nah, 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 no, 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 no. Keep that report. Public public knowledge, public record. Because I feel like the family members who may not have known now are going to be like, they don't got got access. (laughs) They can't, you know what I mean? If they know, they know then, like, they ain't got access now. So... And not to let the millions go to waste. He's invested in a black business. He invested in a, a million dollars in a black vegan cook. I don't even think the nigga's vegan, but shout out to him for spreading the money around. <laughs> um, if you want to invest, uh, whatever face podcast will take whatever donation you uh, can get. <laughs> we fill a lot of quotas. We are minorities. We have a woman. Uh, we fill a lot of quotas here. Uh, we have kids. Let that be the most important part that stands out. We got kids. I don't know if that's a fillable quota, but yeah, we got kids. Nigga, yeah, I'm sure you can fill out some paperwork somewhere and they give you a break for having kids. If you can get a break on your taxes, you can get a financial break. That's a fact. That's a fact. But salute to Hove. That's really big, though. Like, you know, all jokes aside, hip hop's first billionaire. Who would have thunk it? And the only reason why, and uh, I, we're having jokes about the whole uh, whole thing, but the only reason why I played that freestyle in particular is because he says in the freestyle, um, when your boy meets your billion off a rap, it's a rap. And that was years ago. And it just goes to speak to, not the, some will say prophetic, some will say him like speaking his future into existence, but that's been the case in majority of his albums where once he spoke, uh, brought something up, it soon followed suit. Um, and I hated uh, Millie when it came out, and I hated when he did the freestyle and called it a Billy, but it was only fitting. Um, we do need more black billionaires. Uh, I thought Puff was a billionaire, too. I ain't going to hold you. Dr. Dre was a billionaire off the beach joint, but he's a little bit shy from what I read. He's at like $900 million or something like that. Which is still ridiculous in I itself. I was about to say, it's like, nigga, if you had $900 million. But, you know, it's a, different, it's a difference when you're like a $900 millionaire and you're like, yeah, but I'm a billionaire. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a different ring to it. But, nigga, yeah. so... If I got nine hundred ninety something million and you got one penny more than me that makes you a billionaire, you gonna hold that against me? It's like you can't say you're a billionaire though. It's just a different ring, you know what I mean? It's like it's like you're engaged, but you're not a missus. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, you know, we see you coming up, but you don't quite have the title. But I definitely do, thought Dre was a. Uh, a billionaire from the beach still, but that nigga needs little, to talk to his lawyers. Yeah, he got a little more work to do. He, he got to talk to his lawyers because I for sure remember Beats being sold for three billion to Apple. So whatever that split was, that nigga need to call That's his lawyer up. Splits on that joint. There's some definite splits. LeBron was an early investor on Beats. 
I thought they were just using that nigga as a marketing ploy. He, um, I didn't know he had uh, investments, and in I thought they were just using this nigga as a marketing. Ah, he had real coins in there, so he eating. Shout out to him. Yeah, get your money. Yeah. Nas is eating too. Nas has been financially uh, made some financially sound investments. Yeah, Nas, Rihanna. Uh, so she was like the highest paid person, female and. Music or something, hip hop or something. That Fenty Beauty thing. She had told yeah. to lawyer too, because that's a billion dollar. Like that company <laughs> is worth like three billion, <laughs> but she only got like fifteen percent in it. But people really only know Fenty Beauty because of Rihanna. So it was like some old white man got fifty percent of the company, and then you know she has like fifteen percent, and somebody else got another percentage out of it but she needs to go back to the table and get get a little little bit more stake in it niggas only know Ciroc because of Puff I know I know for dang sure I never heard of no Ciroc before never. um Puff started introducing it never have I ever but yeah black folks is rising it, it's interesting that when they say like Rihanna obviously these people got diversified portfolios so when they say highest um ranking in, in rap or uh, like mu- like music that's misleading because it's not that that makes up some of where they getting their money from but a big bulk of it ain't got nothing to do with music yeah because the headline is jay-z hip-hop's first billionaire but only a fraction maybe less than 10 percent of his music makes up for that so, yeah, he comes from hip-hop, but he has so many different, like you said, diver- diversified portfolios, so many different businesses, so many investments. Hip-hop was just a small, I think it was $75 million his discography is worth. So that's just a, a blip on the whole scale of his billion. as pretty much the same thing for Rihanna, like a bulk of her, her worth is outside of music. We ain't getting no new music from Rihanna no time soon, fam. Rihanna's not dropping. Never. She don't don't care nothing about music right now. And that's my point. She's in a relationship. She's in love. She's talking about marriage. She got beauty lines and lingerie. She ain't thinking about us. We can still live off of anti, though. I still play anti. Eh, eh. There you go. Eh. No, I'm. That's for me. That's not my favorite Rihanna uh, album, and that's I never remember which one it is because I always album. get them crawl. What's the one with her and red hair? Which one is that? Oh, I know which one you're talking about. And then there's one right after that that I keep confusing. I like Rihanna, though, like those weird sounds, those different sounds, because her voice is not classically beautiful. Loud, you're talking about 2010. Yeah, loud and the freaking, hold on. Loud and that was that you know that was right after the Chris Brown thing and she was in a really dark place and that album is really dark and 
kind of diabolical and a little bit sick, and I freaking love it. Rated R, anti. Those are my favorite Rihanna albums. Yeah, I like uh, Talk That Talk and uh, Loud. Rated R was kind of dark. Um, but that's what happens. Usually they give us their best music when they go through hardship. Um, it's going to be a sad podcast because nothing but sad news. Um, before we jump into the lane of sports, uh, unless you've been under rock, uh, when they see us, have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was I wasn't as enraged or triggered as a lot of people on social media was. I was familiar. Of course we were I don't even we were like four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when yeah. it all happened. So obviously we were too young to even, you know, remember when this happened. But I do remember the documentary a few years ago. And I watched that, um, so I was familiar with it on that end. So when the Netflix series came out, I wasn't as upset because I was like, all right, I already know what happened. I already know what happened with these little boys. I already know how they set them up, you know, how they coerced them into this uh, confession, blase, blase, blase. What I wasn't ready for was Corey Wise's story. Yep. That was... That broke my heart. I was like, holy, like, clearly he had, he was a little bit on the spectrum. Like, you can tell something was wrong with this kid. (laughs) 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 I don't want to make fun of him, but like, you, the nigga was like, you clearly he was a little special. And for him to not even be in, like, none of them were involved, but the fact that, when the cops were rounding kids up, he didn't. He wasn't even one of them. He was like, "Yeah, I'll just go with you because you're my friend, and your mom's gonna kill me if you know she find out that you had to go to the precinct and I can go with you." Like the nigga was just being a really good friend. That's a. That's a. I ain't gonna hold you. That's more than a good friend. I'm just gonna take a ride with you because your mom would kill me. End of the stick. Out of all, because they charged him like as an adult or something, and he was in. He was in Rikers. And they was beating him up, jumping him, and he had the most years out of anybody. It was like, and he really didn't even have to go down to the precinct. Fam, he was a free man from the beginning. Bruh, the freest of them all. Like, and he had the worst, the worst, worst, worst story. I'm like, damn, yo, like, such bad luck. Tiffany kept saying... I only laugh because Tiffany kept saying that while we were watching it. Come on, y'all can tell he's a little slow. Why y'all, why y'all treating him like yeah, that? Yeah, like, you can tell. And they was just, like, jumping him in jail. and Like, they almost killed him at one point. I'm like, nah, this is too much. And he um, didn't have to be there. You brought up something uh, that I want to address, and that's not being as triggered because... I wasn't either because a lot of people were mad at the um, lady who was pushing for mm-hmm. them to, to get the blame. But we watched it and we were more mad at the parents um, in a precinct 
um, yeah. Antron's father, the yeah. Hispanic guy's father. The only person's parent that had some sense was Yusef. Yeah. And his mom was like, nah. You can't question a monad with without um, someone here. Right. She was the only one that had uh, remotely any kind of sense. Everybody else, when they were like, oh, well, your mom wasn't feeling well, so she left. Huh? Yeah, and when they kept saying, oh, you got to, and you can go home. I'm like, how does that make sense to anybody? How does me saying I raped and almost killed someone, all I have to do is say that and I can leave? How? In what world does that make sense to anybody? That was my thing. I'm like, why did, if, okay, your kids, you're 14, you know, 15, whatever, you didn't eat in like a day. So you're a little confused, lethargic, whatever. But as an adult, and the cop is like, yeah, just tell him just to confess, you know, just, and he can go home. How? In what world? In what world do you confess for a crime and then you just go home? That was my issue. I was like, like, why were they so stupid believing that as adults? The kids, I can understand. But the adults, you're going to let this a detective tell you all he got to do is say blase, 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 and you guys can leave? Huh? Well, Antron's pops was more about losing his job. And he was like, yeah, just tell them whatever they want. So, one, you can go home. And two, I don't lose my job. But I was watching that, and I was I was sitting there, and the first thing I said was, God forbid my son get into any stupidity. I don't care how guilty he is. And when you call me your first phone call, I'm going to tell you to shut up and wait yeah. for either me or an attorney to show up. Don't yeah. say nothing. Yeah. I don't care how guilty you are. Shut up. They can't take your um, statement, especially if you're a minor. They can't take your statement without a grown-up or your attorney there. Shut up. Yeah. I don't care what they say to you about the, your friends and uh, so-and-so. They said that because that's a, everybody knows that that's a ploy when they get you in there. Oh, well, Melissa said right, exactly. you were there for sure. <laughs> and flip on each other, yeah. So I was like, is that hindsight? Like, you know, because it was 30 years ago, maybe they weren't as learned as we are now, you know, seeing how things played out in the justice system. Like, maybe we're a little bit more learned than they are. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's just like, we're in a different time. Can you really blame them, you know, for 30 years ago? Not really. But then I'm like, nah, because that's just common sense to me. You can't say I did this crime and then just walk out the precinct. That's, that's two plus two equals five. Yeah. That just doesn't add up. That just doesn't add up. Ten years ago would have been my college uh, reunion, 12 years now. But I remember distinctively at one night, uh, one of the parties that we were at, the cops came. I'm no, I didn't study law. I wasn't big on law and order in college. This came after college. But in college, I had the presence of mind at this party to go outside as a minor to talk to the cops and be like, well... Y'all can't come in here unless y'all got a warrant. Like, you don't ask me where I got that from. I don't know if I pulled that out of my behind. I don't know <laughs> where it came from. But I had the presence of mind to be like, yeah, y'all not coming in here without a warrant. I'm sorry. Like, it yeah. sucks. But until you get a warrant, you, you can't come in. 
And yeah. the guy that I, whose party it was, I'm standing on his porch, and he's like, "Nigga, how the heck did?" I'm like, "Fam, trust me, I I can fake it enough to be like." And I had confiscated uh, an ID, which made me older. Shout out to Thomas. <laughs> Oh, man. He's listening. So one time, brother. Yeah, I never gave them your information, but I had that as a backup if they were questioning me. I guess that's why I was so confident when I was speaking to them. <laughs> but yeah, so almost 12 years ago, I had the presence of mind to be like, well, you can't come in without a warrant. I feel like looking at it, yeah, it's way worse now that we're looking at it like, fam, we're way more advanced now. Mm-hmm. But when we were watching it, I, I, one of the comments I made was that just goes to show you when you don't know, you just don't know. And they take advantage of the fact that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Corey Wise's story was, uh, it was disturbing. Um, the fact that they spent the most time on his story, uh, you kind of understood why. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, for for the nigga to be like, yeah, I'm just gonna ride with you just so mom dukes don't get mad at me. Um, commendable. Um, I can't say stupid because I think I would have done the same thing if that was my friend in the same scenario. Like, for sure. Um, I actually remember like uh, when I was a grown adult, me and four guys. We were out. We went to this uh, diner on 8th Avenue. It was like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning on a Friday night. And uh, uh, there were some white guys that was hitting on uh, my friend's girlfriend. And we were like, nah, fam, she's good. Um, They were drunk. We weren't. Um, They started to get a little bold. And my my friend whose girlfriend was being hit on was like, Yo, fam, we we trying to be polite about it, but if y'all want to escalate it, we can escalate it. Them niggas ran back inside, called the cops. We walked away. Mind our business. Cops roll up in the van. Um, cops roll up in the van, guns drawn. Mind you, we're grown adults. Roll up in the van, guns drawn. They come out. Yeah, they said y'all had a weapon, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, What? But fam, thinking about it now, we got out of that situation by the grace of God because it could have ended way worse. But they got out guns drawn. Yeah, we heard y'all had um y'all had guns and y'all was around the corner. I'm like, yeah, I saw a video floating on um social media. Something like that happened. A black guy got into an altercation. Seemingly, that's that's what it sounded like he was saying. Um, but a young lady was recording him. The cops had their guns drawn on him. He was on his knees, um, facing away from the cops, but they had their guns drawn on him. So she was recording, like, yo, what's, what's the problem? Like, why do you have your guns drawn on him? And he's yelling out, like, I don't have no weapons. I don't have nothing on me. I didn't do anything. So she was like, you know, just calm down. Tell me your name. And he said his name. And she's like, well, why are y'all drawing your guns on him? He's unarmed. Blase, blase, and she started crying because her boyfriend got killed by cops in 2015. 
So she kind of de-escalated the situation, but she was very emotional at recording this. She was like, well, can y'all just come get him? He's saying he doesn't have a weapon. Just come get him. Y'all don't have to continue with y'all guns drawn on him. Like, this is a, he looked like he was about 16 or something. She was like, this is a kid, and y'all got all these guns in his face. Like, just come and get him. He's not doing anything. Just come get him. It was two females and some other guys. And then as more cop cars were coming, they came and picked him up and, um, you know, put him in cuffs. And one of the white guys were explaining to her, someone called the cops and said it was that he had a weapon. So whenever they say that, you know, uh, a suspect has a weapon, then they just come out, you know, guns drawn or whatever. But like she saved his life because if he would have flinched, like they would have, they, they had their guns drawn like for them, and he wasn't even yeah. facing them. So any little subtle movement that he could have made, it, that like that could have ended his life for nothing, for nothing. Like he had no weapon. They they stood him up. They had him in cuffs. They were questioning him, and he was telling them what happened. He had no weapons on him. He had no drugs, no nothing. And you know, like the video ended before we knew if he got let go or whatever. But like that lady saved his life. Fortunately, in our situation, um, my friend was a paralegal, so he was very familiar. So it's a it's amazing what a twelve year difference would do. But I, I I mentioned a situation where I had no sort of legal background, and then this next instance, I was with somebody who was a paralegal who was very versed in law and rights and all that other stuff. So we were able to, like to talk reasonably. And give the guys the actual story, and they were like, "Oh, okay, well, um, just so like you said, but just so y'all know, when we get a call that says somebody has a gun, we got to treat the situation like we pretty much got to escalate the situation." But yeah, um, it should be some type of repercussion for people that call a cop and be like, "Yo, this this boy had a weapon on him," and then like, what if he would have resisted anything? Because she was telling him, she was like, "Listen, don't move, don't do anything, don't resist, just let them put you in cuffs." But like, what if he, what if she wasn't there and he was resisting because he was in a hostile situation? He's like, no, I didn't do anything. I don't have anything. Like, they would have killed him because somebody said he had a weapon, but he really didn't. Like, there should be some type of repercussions for people that be calling 911 for no reason. Uh -huh. like, trace some niggas down and find out, like, yo, that's a false claim. Somebody could have gotten seriously harmed. Like, you can't be doing that. I think now more so than ever. I know even when they stop you now, the cops will tell you um, you're being recorded just so that you know uh, whatever body cams they're wearing. They they say they open with that before they say license and registration all that other stuff. They open with you're being recorded. Just want to let you know, blah 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 blah. Um, and there's there's a shortcut. Um, there's a shortcut if you have iPhone. There's a shortcut where you can say. Hey Siri, I'm being pulled over, and it automatically will start recording from your phone. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I'll share that shortcut in the the comments when we drop this. But if you say, "Hey Siri, um, I'm being pulled over," it'll automatically start to record um, the situation, um, audio and video. I'll put that up in there, but. Um, it's not an app. With it's it's the 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 Siri shortcuts. I, most no, people probably need, Apple. Huh? I said shout out to Apple. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people use the shortcuts. Um, I've started getting into it more recently just because 
I think they're cool. But when I saw that one, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and save that one just in case, because uh, you never know. Yeah. Sadly um, enough. I, I'm going to be playing this song a lot today, but... Uh, Nigga's got a $41 million settlement, Century Park 5. Um, I thought they split it, but Corey Wise got a, a bulk, a, a bigger bulk of the money because he did the most time. Right. I saw uh, some, I saw um, on the front page Sunday morning that the state, I think they got like an extra $4 million or something like that from New York State. Yeah, they, they, tried to, um, they tried to sue to get more money. And uh, they only gave them an additional uh, $4 million or whatever have you. What to which, again... Ten kids. Yeah. Just wilding out here in these streets. Yeah. Oh, he need his ends. Yeah. Get, get that man his money. Um, what I got upset about, not so much about the video, but the system in general, is when these people get let out, they don't got they really can't get work because they got these things on their record now. And it's like, how you expect me to and I think we had this conversation before. You mentioned you and email were talking about it. And it's like, how do you expect me to adapt when all I know, like I know the Spanish kid started selling drugs again. Yeah. Well, not again. He started selling drugs, but it's like, fam, he was trying to do everything the right way. He was going on interviews. And y'all telling me, like, I'm already starting at a disadvantage because I got a record. And now, um, for them, oh, I'm a sex offender. So now I can't even be, like, around a certain, like, it's just crazy how they set you up for failure. Like, you you in there, you wasted a lot of your time. I don't know if they uh, let you get degrees anymore, but you that was something you were, you used to be able to do. There should be something set up to help, like, get you acclimated back to rehabilitation don't just make it like a zoo where you know it's just like trying to survive and you know go day by day just trying to live like make it to where it's some type of rehabilitation program so when you come back home it's you know you can get acclimated right into society is not but that's the system that's the game because you know 75 percent of of, of prisoners go back in once they come out within like six or seven months. So it's a money game. So, you know, it's meant when people are oppressed, the oppressor wants them to stay there. So it was not like, yeah, we want you liberated and free and wealthy because, you know, we can't have too much cream at the top. So that's really the game. So I don't, I'm not surprised that, you know, that's how it is. Because everything we live in a capitalist society and everything is just I need profits, 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 money, 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 money. And the more I have, the less you have, more power I have, less power you don't, I control you. Yeah. So, you know. We live in uh, a screwed up society. I think I've been saying that a lot these past few weeks. And, you know, every day it's just 
humanity is like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. You start to, like, sometimes, um, well, being that you just lobbed it right up there for me uh, with humanity. You did that? Um, you did that. You did that. Um, there's been a lot of situations recently. I'm going to start most, uh, some would think it, it, it's funny, but the, the 50 situation when he's out on a date and a fan <laughs> comes up and he's like, I just want you to hear my music. And the only reason why I bring this up for the humanity piece, because it's like, fam, now is the wrong time and the wrong climate to just try to run up on anybody, yeah. whether you're a musician, like, but especially in that regard, like, okay, so you knew the nigga was in the movie theater, whether y'all was in the same theater or you saw him go into the movies. Why did you think it was a good time if you see him with a female to be like, Run up on him and be like, yo. You can't just be running up on niggas like that. Did you hear a nigga say, oh, so you just going to fight me because I'm trying to give you my music? Yes, nigga. (laughs) Yeah, you run up on me like that. You running up like you want smoke. What you think? Like, I'm from the streets. You don't just approach nobody like that that on that type of energy. I am so happy that 50 is in the the business mindset that he's in because that nigga planted his feet and was ready to get it it cracking. Square on his face. That nigga put his car keys in his pocket at one point. Like, oh, this is what time it is? And he had the presence of mind to look and when he saw the guy recording, he was like, all right, nah, all right. Because that would have (laughs) cost Whether a lawsuit for hitting a nigga or like worse killing a nigga as a celebrity... It's like, fam, no. Yeah, because he would have broke that little nigga's back. That boy was tiny. He would have broke his jaw and paid for it. That nigga said, yo, I can show you my Instagram. He was like, it ain't going to work. It don't work. Because you too stupid. It ain't going to work. You're stupid. <laughs> oh, man, that little nigga's dumb. I think that's the the probably the best advice he got in that scenario. That was the best case scenario for him was just for Fifty to tell him he was stupid and that it wasn't gonna work because that could have ended way worse. Oh man! But it did lead me to ask, like, if I was a new artist in this time, I get it. You gotta generate your own buzz, but like. If I'm an artist and I'm excited and I, and I see that that's the opportunity to be like, oh, shoot, it's 50. Let me try to let him get my music. Like, I don't know. If that's my only shot, like, I, I it's 50 Cent in person. That's my only shot. There's got to be a better approach. Yeah, but 50 ain't in the music right now. That's the other thing. It's like. That's the last thing that's on a nigga's mind. And you talking about some listen to my music. Yeah. Like, nah. Like, we ain't riding that G-Unit wave right now. Like, nigga, this ain't 2003. Like, I'm making power. Like, how, how would you approach that if you were a, 
artist, actor, whatever have you, and that was your one shot. Like, how do you approach that? Do you just let the nigga go because you were a lady friend or like? Yeah. Because most of the times when celebrities are out like that, doing like some leisure activity, like they ain't trying to be bombarded with your your ambitions. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like how many how many success stories have oh I ran into such and such, played him my music, or you know what I mean? Like it's very little that somebody got ran up on and the, the celebrity was like, Oh yeah, let me listen. You know what I mean? Like right there at that at that moment, or just watch like an audition clip or something right there in that moment, and that's how that person got discovered. Like, nah, you're not running up on no celebrity and getting put on in that manner. It's like a little bit of things happen, like you know, some divine intervention or something. It ain't because you ran up on them. No, because if I'm a celebrity, somebody run up on me like. And I'm out with my significant other, and you run up on me talking about I got music or I got an audition clip or this is my clothes, right? Like, come on. <laughs> like, no. like, come on. Like, it's, we're, in the, we're in the age of the internet. Put your stuff up on the internet. He probably should have just DM 50 right there on the spot. That's what I would have did. Like, yo, Fib, what up? And then DM them right there, like, yo, this is me right here in your face. You know what I mean? Or this is the guy outside the 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 movie theater parking lot. This is my music. Check it out. You probably had a better chance sliding in his DM than like check 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 my IG. Like what? <laughs> Nigga, I'm out with my girl. You want me to just stop right here and, and check your your IG? Like what? He's like, you stupid. And he is stupid. I think uh for me, my approach would have tried to be, yo, 50, can I get a picture, blah, 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 blah. Because that way you kind of, you you bring the defenses down. You're not just running up on somebody, like, because depending on what the approach was, because we don't know what happened beforehand, we don't know if the nigga was like, yo, 50, 50, 50, 50. Like, nigga could have been real cool, calm, and be like, yo, 50, yo, let me, can I get a picture, like, whatever have you, I'm a fan. And then going to that spiel then, but... um. I don't know, man. I, I feel you. Maybe he should have just DM'd him. But, like, I said that when artists used to hand out CDs, and I get puzzled at artists that still hand out CDs in this day and age. Yo, buy my music. It's fine. Fam, where am I play this? Yeah. Where, where, where am I going to play this? But I feel like in that instance, he was dumb, but that's that may be the only chance the nigga, nigga got. And who's to say 50 would have saw the DM of me being like, yo, yeah, I saw you outside the movie theater, blah, blah, blah. I'm sending you my music. Like, that stuff get ignored just as much as me now trying to personally ask you to listen to my music on Instagram. All that stuff gets ignored. Yeah. If, back, if Backstage didn't teach us anything, it told us, Beanie Siegel said it. When y'all send y'all demos to these record companies, they sit in the box with little white interns. <laughs> box of interns. The interns go through your music, and by chance, they may get it up to somebody that can do something for you. But other than that, your demo just sitting in a crate 
or just in somebody's office where it's probably overflowing. Yep. That's a fact, Jack. But yeah, uh, it was. I'm saying though, you gotta utilize the internet. Most of these, all these, most of these new acts come from the rappers, they come from SoundCloud, the singers come from YouTube covers. The internet is the way to get put on, not running up on a celebrity. (laughs) Because they're just gonna think your energy is weird. Like no celebrity's gonna be like, oh, I see you ambitious, you go, you a go-getter just because you see me in the streets and you run up on me, I'ma assume you a go-getter. No. <laughs> you could be the laziest nigga I know. You just happen to see a random celebrity one night and you're like, all right, let me just let me go see, you know, if he'll look at my IG or if I can give him a CD or something. The internet is the wave. SoundCloud rappers, that's how designer came up, all these mumble rappers that come from SoundCloud. The singers, Justin Bieber, um, Beyonce's twins, they're not twins, Chloe and Halle, that come from doing YouTube covers, like, it's the age of the internet, that's how you're going to get on. Chloe and Halle, uh, um, I only knew them from Grownish and didn't realize afterwards that they did music. I was like, oh, shoot, but yeah. that's a crazy story for them. Who like most artists would dream of getting a cosign, um, the Beyonce cosign. Yep. But she's, I'm gonna say, almost practically adopted these girls. Like, I don't know if they're her actual artists. Are they? Yeah, they are. See, um, that 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 speaks even more volume to your level of talent, where you get Beyonce to be like. Nah, I'm gonna work with them though. Like, mm-hmm. they, there's there's talent there. They got it, and may not ever do anything real crazy musically. But for me, if you open on a run, you go on tour and you're opening for them, and like you may not win a Grammy, but you got to look at where you've already won in your career. Like. Open up for Beyonce. <laughs> that I'm not saying you should use that as a point to retire, but as, as when you look at milestones in your career, that's got to be at the top. For sure. You know how many people only dream um, of being in that position? I know when they did the homecoming thing, a lot of the dancers and... Uh, Band players were like they pulled up old tweets <laughs> of them saying, "Yo, one day I'm gonna be performing with Beyonce," and then boom, there it was. Um, yeah, internet is the wave, man. It's the wave, but you just gotta be smart and yeah. and working it. Yeah, that's that's what I learned is that you gotta be smart and working it. Um, and can't be resistant to a lot of stuff. And that that's the b- biggest part for uh, older people. I know the younger younger generation, they got the internet on lock. Like, they understand it. They know how to make it work for them. And they just go. Um, older people, and I'm going to say, not that we're that old, but they look at people in our age group and higher as being out of touch when you got... 20 something 17 year olds coming in 
and having 15,000 followers on Twitter or mm-hmm. 20,000 followers on Instagram. I don't know how to work what you're doing. Um, from somebody who was in that regard to just human- humanity again, uh, David Ortiz being shot in the Dominican Republic is just baffling to me. Yo, I was downstairs doing the boys, you know, our morning routine before they go off to school. And um, email usually watches CNN in the morning while we're down here getting ready. And he come down and he's like, oh, you heard about the, the baseball player that got shot? I'm like, nah. I was like, who is it? Uh, he's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, what's his name? You remember his name? He's like, something Ortiz. I'm like, David Ortiz? He's like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, where did he get shot? He's like, Dominican Republic. I'm like, Dominican Republic? What? He was like, that's kind of like what the guy was, that was his reaction on um, CNN. I'm like, yeah, he's like uh, what Derek G is to America. He's like that in, in Dominican Republic. Like, that wouldn't make sense. Like, that doesn't make any sense for him to get shot in his hometown. He's like, yeah, he got shot. I was like, did he live? He's like, yeah, he's alive. But that's crazy. It, like, what, what's the story? He slept with somebody's wife or something? Allegedly, some drug dealer's uh, wife got caught up. Uh, with David Ortiz, and he sent some young bulls after uh, Big cops? Poppy. Weren't they cops? That that's what they said. I don't know if they're cops, uh, but you you can't be that much policia if uh, a drug lord can hire you to go. Uh, well, you know they're the most corrupt out there in them in those uh, those Spanish islands. Mexico, Colombia, like policia, policia. They are yeah. deep with the with the drug laws out there. Yeah, my immediate reaction, I instantly thought of uh, Nipsey, and I kept saying, "Yo, fam, these people are home. How is this happening?" At home, I get it. If it were uh, on different soil, like. Uh, overly uh, used Biggie and Tupac East Coast West Coast thing but it's like fam these niggas were at home that's like you telling me Derek Jeter shows up to a Yankee game and someone tries to rob Derek Jeter outside of Yankees it's like what? yeah just can't. certain things just shouldn't happen Certain things just didn't happen. David Ortiz getting popped in his hometown. He's like, what? That's crazy. Shout out to the uh, the Red Sox. They sent the jet for him. Uh, yo, bring him back to the States. <laughs> yeah, get that nigga back home. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, okay. Red Sox. Um, but yeah, prayers up for David Ortiz and his family, yo. It's, People look crazy out here. Like humanity, nobody, nobody it seems like has a moral compass anymore. It's just a jungle out here in this world. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> but you remember when um Dave Prince, um, well, there's too many stories of humanity and people just being 
uh, pieces of shite. Um, when Jay Prince was trying to get the chain back and people were clowning him for saying, oh, well, they ain't no, there's no time for that here, like, blah, 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 blah. But it goes to shit, like, and that's my my thing with the big poppy situation is that that nigga's a big enough star in the Dominican Republic where niggas should have some sort of respect for his celebrity and what he's done for DR. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that was just blatantly disregarded and walked up on him, popping him, like, yo... Just like Nipsey, like nigga just walked up on him and like, yo, bruh. Like, how are you just walking up on people? I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be in this fearful bubble, but it almost makes you seem like if I can't feel at home, like a lot of niggas feel most comfortable when they're in there, like. That David Ortiz thing was like Jim Jones getting shot in Harlem. It's like, wait, huh? Yeah. It'd be your own, though. Like like Meek said, the self-hate. Like when he was locked up and the CEO that was giving him the most hell was some black dude. It'd be like, it'd be your own kind. It'd be your own people. Well, I'm going to throw this back to that... Uh... When they see us, when a when a black cop was like, "Oh well, yeah, there's no celebrities here, and uh, we're pretty much gonna do everything we can to break you down to like it's like fam, but why? The nigga was 16 years old. The kid. It was uncalled for. The kid. That's crazy. This world is crazy, man. You, you kind of set this whole thing in motion. Um, you go from that to fans cheering for a nigga with a torn Achilles. Yeah. They say Canadians are the most polite, well-mannered, friendly. But they had a moment of, yes, get this nigga out of here. I'm sure there was a hard ER on a lot of those fans. For like, yeah. Sure. For sure. Definitely. But um, shout out to Danny Green and Kyle Lowry, uh, Serge Ibaka. Um, I did see a couple of people on the coaching staff, like, visibly upset at the crowd, like, you know, waving their hands, like, calm down, please, like, don't be excited. Drake was super emotional. Drake was super emotional. Um, and I get it. Like, all these guys are really, like, all these guys are really cool and close. They really do have a brotherhood. Um, Serge actually played with, like, they grew up in OKC basically together. Um, so they have a relationship. And, um, like, nobody really wants to see, you know, that type of injury, especially for, um, a player of Katie's caliber. Like one of the greats, he's gonna go down as one of the all-time greats. He's already arguably the best in the league right now. And then to see him battle back for a month, doing two a days treatment, trying to get back in the NBA finals. His team is down 3-1. He gets cleared to practice. He was like 60, 70% reports the same now. 
And, you know, he just worked his way back for the past month to get to that point. Shooting lights out. Took four Damn. shots. Made three out of three threes. Had 11 points. He was on pace to drop 50. And then just to see him try to make an explosive move and that zoom in that was on ESPN with that, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That was scary. When uh, I was when the game started, and I don't know if him or Steph hit the first three, but when it was like a round robin, him, Steph, and Clay, I said, "Okay, that's the type of night it's going to be." All right, they was going to blow the Raptors straight through the roof. They was going to easily drop 130, 137 points with the way that they were shooting. And then to see him go down like that, and you like you could tell, like right off the bat, it was like, yeah, that's his Achilles. Like that nigga's not coming back. You ain't gonna see him till April, twenty twenty. And it just it just sucks to see. And for a person like like KD, I've I've been seeing all day. Um, shame on the Warriors. You know what I mean? Like the coaching staff and the doctors for letting him play. And the reports of players feeling angst and confusion about um, Katie's health and his injury and, and will he come back? Won't he come back? And basically insinuating that the the organization kind of like forced him almost to play in in, in Monday night's game. And I'm like, if anybody in their right mind follows the NBA, follows basketball, knows Kevin Durant. All he talks about is playing ball. The reason he left OKC to go to the Warriors, I like the way those guys play ball. How the ball moves around is so unselfish. Everybody that talks about KD off the court, when you go to his house, all he's talking about is basketball. He has all these clips of Michael Jordan, all the greats, making you watch basketball when you go to his house. All of the post-game interviews, I just want to play ball. The whole argument with Draymond back in December when Draymond's barking at him, calling him a bitch, telling him to leave. He's like, yo, I just want to play ball, man. You can see him saying, I just want to play ball. Like, that's all Kevin Durant is, is basketball. You Like, he doesn't care about his apparel. He wears sweats. He wears them Nike tech suits. He wears uh, sweatpants and hoodies. He don't get haircuts. He don't get his at teeth cleaned. Like, he don't get facials. Kevin Durant does not care about anything but basketball. So to insinuate that he was kind of forced out there, I can't believe that. I can't believe maybe there was Maybe they were asking him, can he go? But if you're a basketball player, if you're a competitor and you're in the finals and the doctor's telling you you have your 50%, your 60%, you can go. Like, what are you going to do as a competitor? Really, this is, the, this is the peak of the season. This is what you play 82 games for. This is what you work out in the offseason for. This is what you go on all those diets for, and you do all your training your, and your regimen to get to the NBA Finals, and you have a chance to play and to make a difference in a series for your team. You're not going to go out there? There's no way that anybody can convince me that somebody – forced KD or coerced him into playing like he probably would have played 
if they would have cleared him at 20%, he would have played. Because he's just he's a competitor. He's a ball player. That's all he ever talks about. That's all I want to do is play ball. Let's play ball. Clay Thompson would have played uh, the next game if they let him to, but they forced yeah. him to sit out. Um, yeah. People like that, and like you said, you're a competitor. Kobe played with a broken finger and didn't didn't miss one game. I'm not saying like he's Superman, but if that would have been Kobe Bean Bryant or Michael Jeffrey Jordan, you would have probably had – they would have ate the fine because they would have disobeyed anybody telling them you're not playing in the finals. Yeah. I don't think it was – And was I was with, a, with a broken ankle or something? And he was basically just dragging up and down the court? Or Isaiah Thomas, I think it was. In the finals, like he, you, like it's the. This is why we play the game. This isn't like this is not the regular season. Like you play the game to get championships, to get accolades, to get rings for your legacy, and you have an opportunity to play. Any competitor, any real athlete, any real competitor will go out there and try to give it their all. It's the same thing um, with NFL players. They know that they know the risk. They know the probability of, you know, retiring at the age of 40 and being a retard by the time they're 50. But, but they want to compete. Like, that's, that's just the DNA of, of, of an athlete and especially a super high competitor. And KD is a gym rat. His work ethic is crazy. All a nigga does is play ball. Like, that's all he, that's all he cares about. So, of course, he's going to try to get out there and play. Of course he is. And it just sucks to see that, you know, he tried, took him a month to get back, and then he tried, he came out, and then now he's done for like a year at least. Like, he's probably not going to come back until, if he stays with the Warriors, which I want to talk about um, after this, the landscape of the free agency, like, he, he ain't going to be ready till you know, probably like the second round, depending on the severity of it. Like how bad is the tear? Nike did a commercial. Um, Nike did a commercial for Kobe when Kobe was coming back from an injury, and the premise of the commercial. And this may sound like a whole bunch of dick for Kobe and whatever. Uh, the the premise of the commercial was you've um, you've shown us time and time again how to get up from a loss. You've shown us time and time again how to bounce back from um, from failure. You've shown us time and time again, blah, 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 blah. And then the tagline at the end of it was, show us one more time. And it was after, uh, I think it was after his Achilles injury. I think. Or it might have been like, it, it was something with his leg. But I remember that marketing campaign because I'm like, yo, these niggas are on point. And I can only imagine what the, the campaign is going to be for KD um, he's close to coming back. They probably yeah. they they probably gonna have that video of him being injured and walking out and all that other stuff. Um, I can only imagine what that that build up is gonna be like. Um, it did change the scope of the game for me. I think uh, a lot of people, yourself included, had the Raptors taking that victory easily um to close out the series um i kept saying 
and I, I was getting upset with the the media that kept saying, "Oh, Durant may play, or he's likely nigga, wh- whatever. Let the nigga, let these niggas play. If he plays, he plays, whatever." But when they announced that he was playing, I'm like, "Why? Why? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this?" And immediately at tip off, you saw the effects of just his presence on a on a floor for Golden State and. Had had that injury not happened, who knows what the score would have ended up being? But it didn't look like it was going to go well. Yeah, they were uh, the Warriors were up eight when he went out with the injury. Um, they pretty much maintained the lead throughout the game up until I think like the six minute mark in the fourth quarter when Kawhi just. Yo, it seemed like his team just carries him through three quarters, and then when they need like burst towards the end of the third quarter and some of the fourth quarter, he's just like, it's like Kawhi time. And it's the most fascinating thing to me. Like, I didn't I didn't watch many Raptors games. I don't think I watched any Raptors games during the regular season. But watching them, like, they're really, they're a really good team. They're a really good team. And they're well-coached, um, except for, I don't know what Nick Nurse was thinking. Like, he, Kawhi scored 10 straight points. The crowd was crazy. He was on... They had crazy momentum, and then he called the timeout. I'm like, okay. Like, you have the ball. Why are you calling timeout? Kawhi just scored 10 straight points. He called the timeout, and then the Warriors went on a 9-2 run, and that was it. Um, But, yeah, they're pretty well coached. They have – the guys are big. They rebound. They defend. They hit threes. That's a really good team. It seemed like, like, because he only had, what, 20-something points? He was like 9, nine for 24-something like that. He had a bad game. Like, he was really quiet the entire game up until that fourth-quarter moment. And he just he just scored 10 straight points, and he, it was like, all right, here it is, ball game. Let's celebrate. Here's the thing for me with the, the Raptors. Who's your clear-cut MVP if the Raptors win? Like, without question. Here's where I disagree. But he's averaging 30-something points on 40% threes and 90%. He's like 95% from the free throw. There's nobody else else on the team that's doing anything. You had Pascal Siakam, who scored 32 in game one. We have not heard from him since. You had Marc Gasol. Um... Scored 20-something in game two. We have not heard from him since. Kyle Lowry went crazy in game three at Oracle. He had, like, 25 points. Have not heard from him since. He actually shot, you know, he missed the last shot off the side of the backboard. Nowhere near the rim. He thought he was going to have a hero moment. That nigga's trash. We haven't heard anything from him. Uh, Game four was, I think it was Danny Green. He had 20-something points. He was nobody the other night. So it's like... Kawhi has been the only one consistently scoring. Every game, it's been this guy. The next game has been another guy. Game after that, it's a different guy. And the game after that, it's a different guy. It's it's never been Kawhi. Um, it was like Kawhi and Serge from game one to five. It's like Kawhi and Pascal, Kawhi and Gasol, Kawhi and Lowry, Kawhi and Green, Kawhi and such and such. He's the only one that's consistently scoring at a high level. So that's why he's the clear-cut MVP to me. It's just always him. And if he has an ancillary piece, then they're going to win the game. 
if nobody else scores 20, scored 20 something points, like I think happened last night, they always lose. My issue is not that he hasn't been balling. That's not my problem. My issue is outside of uh, games four and five, where he's actually like balled out, balled out. His points come from the free throw line, and it's the James Harden thing. Like yeah. you get you'll get thirty points, but twenty of them came from the free throw line. I didn't. Game four and five for me were the only games where I saw Kawhi as the clear cut. Oh well, this nigga deserves MVP. Um, yeah, he's averaged a quiet thirty, but like I said, it's not. I can't say it's not an effective thirty. It's a cheap, cheap thirty. And I'm not saying that to lessen his contributions and what they're doing, but nigga, if I go to free throw line twenty times, yeah. I, and it's, if I'm a good free throw shooter, I go to the free throw line twenty times. That's at least eighteen points. Eighteen easy points with nobody in my face, no defend. Like that's why to me it's like eh, game three where freaking. Five Raptors, five starters had 17. Any team's going to lose a game when your team is clicking like that. I just think Toronto is a better team. They're, they're playing better team basketball. Like, that same game, Steph had 47 and had no help from nobody else. Right. That's my thing with – that's but that's you can make the argument like that for Kawhi. It's like, okay, we're a great team. It's great team basketball. And then you see what that gets them – uh, like the other night when we're play, playing great team basketball and everybody, you know, scoring here, a little bit here, a little bit here, uh, making defensive stops here and there, but we're still down by 11 points. And then Kawhi takes over and gives you 10 straight points. Like nobody else on that team can do that. Game by game, nobody else. So that's to me, he's the difference maker in this series because yeah, they're playing great team ball. Um, but who's gonna close this? Who's gonna close this thing out for us? And you saw that the other night with Kawhi. It's like, all right, let me do my thing and get us back in this game and try to win this thing. And he was—he almost did. He almost made it. If Nick Nurse hadn't called that timeout, we could be singing a different song right now because they had the momentum, they had the ball. Kawhi had the ball in his hand, and he called timeout. And then they don't score a basket again, except for the goaltender from um, Boogie Cousins. So, like, if they don't have Kawhi, it's just team basketball, kind of like what Golden State has right now. It's just, all right, great team basketball. But then when you have KD, it's a different element. The Raptors are great. We've seen that for the past few years. They don't have any closes. That's why they've been losing to LeBron for the past five years. They don't have anybody to close it. They don't have anybody to bring it home. But now they have that with Kawhi, and we've been seeing that for the past few, uh, the past few games, with him just scoring like in bursts and and bringing it home for them. Last on this uh, series before we go into free agency, do you think that that momentum shift carries Golden State to seven games or? Oracle gets closed out in a loss. Uh, I've been thinking about this since last night, and I haven't come to a conclusion yet. 
haven't come to a conclusion yet because on the one hand, momentum is a real thing, um, especially in especially in sports where it's a series and it's not just like one and done like football or like college sports. Um, but they have a few days in between. So that can kind of slow it down. And then you have the, the Katie thing. I know a lot of the players were saying we're feeling mixed emotions right now. You can't really celebrate the win because we have a loss. You know, it's a loss for KD. So I don't know. I'm trying to weigh in the momentum versus the emotion. Like, does that emotion drive them? Like, how does that emotion from losing KD drive them? The emotion from winning that that game was really intense, especially like the the fourth quarter. I'm watching it. I'm like, yo, these guys look tired. Like they look exhausted. And I was like getting anxious watching it. So I I can't imagine like the adrenaline and everything that goes into that. Like that high, you and you saw Steph like running up the floor like they had just won a championship. But it was just like we did it. Like, we lost our guy, but we did it. We fought back. We were down by six, but we came back and we did it. Like, we staved off elimination. So I'm kind of weighing the momentum versus the emotion. I haven't come to a conclusion yet. A couple of my thoughts watching that game. I hate sports. I love them, but I hate them. There's no reason why something you love should give you that much anxiety. Like when they went up, when they went up six and Kawhi went off, I left the room. I left the TV on. And I left the room because I was getting ready to break something, and I was like, Let me "Calm down." <laughs> I came back. Clay hits the three. Steph hits the three, and then Clay hits the three. I'm like, and it's just that quick. With the Golden State, like you have to play these niggas until the clock has yeah. zero on. Yeah. Um, but what I and my overanalyzed brain was saying, well, what if on the emotion side, Steph wears Durant's jersey in the next game, like as a "Oh, we doing this for KD" type thing? Like, do it for Lil Saint. I, I that emotion part is real because let's say they take that. Um, now it's we got to do we got to win this for Kevin. If you take that momentum of we got to win us to Kevin, Kevin, Durant said it on his um Instagram. It, it's going to be loud in Oracle on Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's going to be loud. And if he's anywhere in the building, I can see them um playing for that. Like we saw it with, um, on the uh, emotion aspect when Brett Favre's um, father died, what he did on Monday night. Yeah. When, um, when Chris Paul was in, what was it, high school? And his grandfather died? Yeah. Yeah. We saw with Isaiah Thomas when his sister died. Like, that emotion piece is real. That emotion piece is real. Yeah. And when you, give, when you give somebody something to play for, and it's not just a, oh, well, it's just one game. or Now you're giving us a reason to win? Not, oh. It's kind of like, if we don't win it, then KD got injured for nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's a yeah, like that that can be a huge burden on everybody. And um, Steve Kerr had said it when when uh, when when Clay popped his hammy, 
he was like, there's no way he was going to play him in game three and risk him, you know, losing his leg or whatever or injuring it even worse when the series can go seven games and then we lose him for the entire series. And that's pretty much, you know, he said that about Clay, and I'm pretty sure he's felt that about, like, KD. You don't want to rush it back and then it potentially get worse, and that's exactly what happened. Like, that was his worst nightmare, like, putting one of his players out there and then them injuring themselves further. So then you go out there and then you lose at home and it's like, damn, it was off. Like KD, KD is done for nothing. You know what I mean? So I can see them playing with that as well. Yeah, I think um, if you give any athlete or uh, somebody that's a competitor, all you got to do is give them a reason to fight for something. Anybody in life, period. That, that can be somebody that's got bad health. Or, like, you, you give somebody a reason to fight for something, it makes them a little bit more scary than just somebody who don't care. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Golden State, uh, Toronto, they got potentially two more games to play. I posted on Facebook... I wish these niggas could play 10 games because once basketball over, we got a long time until football starts. So, Yeah, Raptors, they've been playing very well at, at Oracle. So that's another thing that I'm that I'm weighing. Like, they've been scoring better at Oracle than they have been at home. Yeah. So, like, that's another thing. And Kyle Lowry usually plays better on the road. Their role players actually play better on the road oddly enough um than when they do at home so that's that as well so like i'm i'm still weighing i don't know yet i probably won't even have a prediction by tomorrow night uh but yeah it's it's it should be a good one though either way after this series is over it does put the whole free agency in a tailspin for sure um what do you think? Like, I don't even know if we can do predictions on who goes where because a lot of packages and teams were banking on Durant and a mix of somebody else. Yeah. Um, I heard a lot of people saying that they were in touch with some NBA execs and 100% we're still offering KD a max contract. So he was one of have to. Yeah, he's one of the few players in this league like him, LeBron, um, based on the upside, Giannis, uh, Kawhi this past year, um, probably not if you predate this year, but he's he's proven. And maybe James Harden are like the only people that would, if they would have a, a, a whole year rehabbing an injury, that they can still get a max contract. Um, so that doesn't change for the teams, it might change the other players. So like if KD was uh, Kyrie, I mean, was thinking about teaming up with KD, you know what I mean? Um, would he want to do that now that KD is sitting out for a year? Like that's already a year lost, you know what I mean? And in a league where it's like, let's win now, and then you don't know how he's going to come back from the injury. Um, so for me, that's the that's the landscape changing um, is the players. Like, what are the players going to decide to do? 
Um, but I think Katie's going to opt into his contract and just stay in Golden State, get that $31 million rehab in San Francisco, and then leave in real free agency in 2020. That's my prediction. I feel like um, I was going to play uh, Bob's speech about Katie tearing his ACL, but you Bob, can tell. Even, huh? He made me cry. Yeah, his his speech from his speech, you can tell they genuinely care about the person and it wasn't a move of, yeah. oh, no, uh, come back because we're, we're going to um, screw you out of money. You can tell he genuinely felt like if anybody's to blame, put it on me because I run the show here and like you don't want to see that for anybody. But I would hate to be the team. That tells Kevin Durant while he's rehabbing for a year. I hate to be the team that tells him, oh, no, we don't think you're going to be good enough when you come back. Or um, we, we don't think you're going to be worth that money uh, when you come back. Because you're giving me a year to rehab and play that when I'm in a gym and, yeah. and getting better. I, yeah, I feel for any team that does not offer him the, the max deal, even with his injury. Like. That nigga's gonna come back and he's gonna bust yeah, somebody's ass. I don't think he'll have a problem getting max deals. I think they're still gonna offer him. They're still gonna be calling him June 30th. Rich Kleiman is gonna be getting calls from the Clippers, from the Knicks, from the Nets, and Bob Myers. When Bob and them was walking out the arena and he had that look on his face, I'm like, yeah, he know he gotta pay Kevin Kevin Durant $31 million to sit on the bench. But then after the game, he started crying. I was like, oh, okay. Like, he really feels bad that, you know, he's in this position. But that's what I, th I think KD's just going to stay there, you know, rehab, and then just leave in 2020 when he's, when he's like a real free agent. Um, yeah, and go from there. But the thing is, it's, no, it's not a real crop next year. So it was like everybody is making their moves this offseason. Where would he fit in for next offseason? That's the only thing. I think AD is like the premier free agent for 2020. Um, other than that, it's kind of just like, you know, BCs or whatever. But... Yeah, I don't know. I think the only I think a lot of players are gonna have to second guess what they do because of KD. But I, in terms of teams offering him the max, I think that that doesn't go away. It's just um, players deciding, you know, what they want to do now that that KD is gonna be out for a whole season. Are you as a player? Are you going someplace saying, you know what, KD is a potential that he could be here. So let me stick it out a year and see what happens. Um, as a player, do you have that mindset, or are you just like, nigga, I, I'm I'm here to get my money. I don't care about where he goes. Um, um, that's tough. I mean, if you planned on playing with him, maybe like Kyrie, you know, because they're really good friends. Maybe you do something where you have like a two-year thing, like kind of like what Kevin Durant did last year. You just sign like a two-year with a one-year option. Um, maybe you do something like that if you're like Kyrie. 
because he's not he's not a guy that can carry a team like a Kevin Durant or a LeBron or a Kawhi. Physically, he's just too small to do so. He's kind of in that same boat like Steph. Like you, when you're that little, you really can't carry a team. You know, you can't. You're not dominant enough. Um, so for someone like him, it would probably make sense for him to do like uh, stay where he is on a two year, two year deal, opt out, you know, mm-hmm. after a year, and then see what you know him and Katie could could play around with. But for like. Kawhi, I don't think his I don't think his his plans are really contingent on KD. Um but yeah, it's I don't know, that's that's a tricky one. Yeah, speedy recovery uh to Durant uh for him coming back. I know a lot of people are like the organization themselves dropped the ball on um him playing last night but i i honestly feel like if that's anybody uh that's a competitor and it's the finals yeah had that been regular season i'm sure steve kerr wouldn't have played him just like he didn't play him when it happened against the rockets he let him rest and he didn't rush him to get back um on a brink of elimination in the finals for a championship i don't think that's an organization call um you can't you can't blame the organization for somebody saying absolutely nah yeah absolutely so you think he comes back kd or this is the beginning of the end for him i don't know um cuz to be honest if you I was there. I'm thinking he, I thought he was going to be ginger on it last night. And when I saw him dunking in um, the warm ups, I was like, okay, yeah, this nigga. I thought he was going to be ginger. Gin, gin, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was like dancing in the hallway, hyping him up. He was dunking during the warm ups, hopped up right before tip off. I was like, okay, you know, maybe he was okay all this time, you know. But then he did that one move. And that drink popped. I was like, "Ooh, But Katie, he's a he's a prolific shooter. So if nothing else, he'll have that. <laughs> you know what yeah, I, mean? I was say even yeah. if he even if he doesn't have the explosiveness to get to the um get to the rim and dunk, yeah. that nigga still can give you buckets from like inside the arc and beyond the arc. So like you may take one aspect of his game away in terms of him being able to drive, but I don't think that stops him scoring right and in a in a, a league that's gearing for shooters much faster game um high frequency of shooting like he'll just he'll fit right in just like dirk like dirk lasted all these years because he has a jump shot you know what i mean like he wasn't the most athletic power forward <laughs> you know what i mean but he have a jump he had a jump shot so he lasted for like 20 years and he was successful in doing so just put KD in a in a right system on a right team. If he's not that explosive, he'll always have that jump shot. I'm pretty sure because he sat out for a whole month and came back and shot 90 percent in like 12 minutes. So I think he'll be okay. I the same. Um, you mentioned Dirk, and I thought it'd be a 
niggas actually retiring for real or who's saying they're going to retire. Uh, Tony Parker said he's hanging it up, and Vince said he's got one more year, and then he's hanging it up. Wait, what? And I'm surprised. Vince Carter said he's playing one more year, oh. and he's hanging it up. Yeah, yeah. Tony Parker retired. Yeah, Vince said he got it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think just, about uh, Vince taking spots from the young niggas? We mentioned that up here before, but if <laughs> nigga, if you can't beat Vince, then you don't deserve a spot. Like, go out there and get it. If you can't earn it, then no, I'm not going to just give you a spot. Yeah, shout out to Vince. And that's a, that's another nigga who, um, dynamic dunker found a way to readjust when he didn't have the springs and bungees like don't didn't have the explosiveness he found a way to stick around in the league doing adjusting his game so. speaking of dynamic dunkers your boy lemon booty dwight howard was on first things first talking about he might do the dunk contest next year we don't care. I'm like, what? <laughs> this nigga actually said, I got a few dunks I want to get off and I might. I'm like, bruh, no thanks. Thank yeah. you. No thank you. Do I? This is not you know, 2009, whatever you, the year that was, and you was doing all that Superman nonsense, throwing the ball in the, in the hoop. It's like you weren't even actually dunking. Yeah, keep that. I, I don't care anything about that. <laughs> you good, bro. You gonna be on the team next year? Like, you got a roster spot? Yeah, nigga, you don't even know if you're playing, nigga. <laughs> the dunk contest. <laughs> just, 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 Oh yeah. Uh you got a show or anything? Movie? I had a few shows. Um all my joints came back this week. Yeah, they did. All of my all my summer joints, nigga. Ah Um huh. what I wanna give y'all. Shut up. Oh. Yeah. Clause. At the Nail Artisan of Manatee County Salon in Central Florida, five diverse, hardworking manicurists try to make ends meet and stay <laughs> economy while managing perilous personal lives awash in drama. Amidst all the silk wraps, pedicures, and polished treatments, Salon owner Desna, who lives with and cares for her mentally ill twin brother, leads a staff that includes best friend Jennifer, now sober and raising two kids from a previous relationship, enigmatic Anne, who provides security for the salon, mild-mannered preppy and ex-convict Polly, and Virginia, who becomes easily bored and impatient with her job. Also hanging around the salon are shady redneck roller ambulance coach Bryce, Jennifer Husband, who is also newly sober, and Uncle Daddy, a dangerous, deeply Catholic, and actively bisexual crime boss. Claws, starring Nisi Nash on TNT, 
Sundays at 9 p.m. It's mindless mindless entertainment, um, but it's fun. Uh, Nisi Nash didn't get have work for a while, and then she just yeah got popping in these. Shows. Yeah, this is the third season, so she's doing pretty good on the show with TNT. I'm happy for her. Um, good, it's mindless entertainment, kind of like Power. You know, a lot of silly murder, crime, investigative, sex stuff like that. Um, but it's it's a fun watch. It's a fun watch. Claws, TNT, Sundays at 9. That's my show. Claws. Um, I mentioned it yet last week, uh, not as a show, but just in passing. Um, Line Share. That's actually going to be my pick for you guys this week. I watched Line most of it. Yeah, it 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 can it can be a little dragging. Um, yeah, and I had a hard time with the guy's accent, so I was in and out a lot. <laughs> His accent was really thick, and he was talking fast, and my kids were very loud. I had the TV on ninety, no exaggeration, and that was it was still hard for me to follow. So, but I caught, I feel like I caught the gist of it. I don't think I caught the end. Were they accusing him of hiding something from them, the family? So essentially they were uh, saying their father came out with the music um, and how white folk do. Um, They they stole it from him, changed the name of it, got rights and stuff from it. Um, They signed his name, but the guy couldn't read or write. So they signed his name on a contract, making it seem like he signed away the rights to the song. Um. Yeah. So all the royalties and stuff that they uh, were getting, the family was pretty much saying, "Well, nigga, where's our piece?" Right. Typical, typical white people stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Sign the nigga's name. Nigga can't read or write. Sign the nigga's name and uh, pretty much stole royalties from him. But uh, as for the Lion King song in the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion. Still supporting Lion King July 16th, 19th? Uh, uh, Yeah. You're part of the problem? No, it's not being part of the problem. I honestly want to know how. Disney because the people that made the money off it wasn't Disney. Disney, it, the song became popular because of Disney putting it in the movie, but yeah. they were getting royalties well before uh, it was put in Lion King. Yeah. That damage was done. Um, so who did the payout? I think I missed that part. There was a settlement but it was it was a non-disclosure agreement on the settlement the settlement the amount could not be disclosed ever and i think this is the part that i missed the sisters don't the daughters didn't know the amount of the settlement and they were saying that the 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 white guy the south african guy was keeping information from them yeah so a lot of it is uh miscommunication and lawyers not telling them 
what they're entitled to and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, we were told, but we don't know, and we we don't have receipts, and nobody has the answer. It's it's a lot of that. It's a lot of, oh, we were told we were going to get this. No one's seen it. We were told this was settled, but, like, I, I think they just, they got screwed over, obviously, because of language barriers. They don't speak English. Yeah. Um, so when you're dealing with people that got to interpret for you, a lot of that stuff can get lost in translation. So when you when you you find yourself thinking you can trust somebody to do the job, they don't do it. Yeah, it was a lot of that. Yeah. It's a lot of that. But that is all I have. Happy Father's Day to you all. Happy Father's Day to you, nigga. Yeah, if 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 you if you're dad, don't let these niggas buy you tools for Father's Day. They get spa treatments and everything else for Mother's for Mother's Day, and for dads, they want us to work on Father's Day, and they got sales on all the uh, hard hardware and tools. Nigga, I don't want to drill. Nigga, I want to relax, just like you get to relax. So don't let them do that to you. Do I do spa days? I don't mind getting a massage. I don't think I've ever done like an actual spa day. Cuz I just don't. You get good massage Yes. Yes, I think I do. I've I've never gotten a tie or a macaroni thing well yet. I haven't got it yet. <laughs> so. My son's school, like school year, don't come home with that. The macaroni cards, the the Father's Day school brunch. Yeah, that's how they that's how they do us. They give y'all all the good stuff. We get pies yeah, and macaroni. Um, art. well before Father's Day. Thanks. That's ridiculous. Uh, we're gonna talk about summer plans next week for your kiddos because I feel like. When it's just you, get through the summer easy. Nigga, okay, if I don't do nothing all summer with kids, nigga, you gotta have a you gotta have a plan. Yeah. Daily activities. A, a schedule. Yeah. I ain't looking forward to it, let me tell you that much. <laughs> I ain't looking forward. Oh man. But that is all I have. Uh, don't, don't forget your excuses for Monday. Uh, don't forget if you're watching the finals uh, game six and seven. Seem like they won't happen for another two months, but it's Thursday and no. Sunday. If you're... I thought it was Monday, no? Nah, Sunday, Thursday and Sunday. Sure. Don't miss the people. I'm not them. They they put the schedule up multiple times last night on TV. Oh, Father's Day in Toronto for Golden State. What do you think Aisha Curry? You know she's from Toronto. How conflicted is she right now? Um I would assume 
not at all because her husband <laughs> I would assume not at all just gotta be got all that do you watch uh, Steph versus on Facebook I do. I do yeah she don't care <laughs> Ah <laughs> oh, man, leave Aisha alone. But I yeah. did say I, I want to watch the uh, Tom Brady versus afterwards. Um, that nigga posted a picture of his six rings on Instagram, and I was like, "What?" Tom versus time—that's a good one. You never watched that? I did not because I wasn't no. interested in it. But now I am. Yeah, you gotta watch that. One of the episodes was like his come up. And they showed a clip from him at the combine. <laughs> this nigga looked like the goofiest white dude trying to play football. And it was like, yo, how how is this nigga here? Why is he here? Yo, the way he was running, way he that, ran at forty, I was like, bruh. That's my favorite Tom Brady highlight of all is him running at the combine. Son. Favorite highlight all time. But all right, you dusty niggas, <laughs> we gonna let y'all go. <laughs> yeah. That is all I have. Uh I'll holler. Yes, sir.